let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, golly, uh, speech is a very important thing. Speech is something that we tend to take for granted. Um, there are, now let me say this, America is indeed the greatest country to ever exist, hands down. Um, and there are many other places, there are many other countries that, that, that censor words, that censor speech. But the problem with America now is that we are headed down that same road. Oh, we don't, we don't want you to use that word. Ah, oh, we, we, we don't, we don't, we don't like that phrase. You, you shouldn't use that. Michael Knowles has his book, Speechless. Controlling words, controlling minds, something like that. Now, I don't have the book. But he makes a good point. When you control how people, when you control what people say, then you control, then you can control how people think. And it goes vice versa. If you control how people think, then you control what people say. But there's university. University of Pittsburgh. J j unbelievable, man. Just, you really, it really makes you wonder what some people, it's like, what is your job even supposed to be? This person, th this group came up with, with this, with this list of, of, uh, of terms that, that's deemed sexist. Sexist language. University of Pittsburgh, department puts secretary, clerk, and ombudsman on sexist language list. Don't ask me what that O word is, because I have no idea, and I don't want to bother to look it up, because that's not really the point. A new gender-inclusive uh, slash non-sexist language guidelines and resources page made by the Office for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion at the University of Pittsburgh features a section titled Terms to Use to Avoid Sexist Language. The guide also considers, quote, mankind, chairman, freshman, and ladies and gentlemen, Examples of sexist language that is considered language not to use. See, they're starting. They're starting very soft here. Well, well, it's not that you, we don't. It's not that um, you were you're not allowed. It's not that we're preventing you from using those words. We're just we're kind of nudging you in the other way. Just ah, could, you, you think you could have used a better term? Did you have to say you guys? Did you have to say freshmen? We I really you know mankind. You, you couldn't have picked a better word for that. It's starting now as suggestions. Pretty soon it's going to be, nope, you can't say that. It's, it's just, it's unreal. It's, it, the language police. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how George Orwell was so correct. Read 1984. If you haven't read it, 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 it should be a read for all students. And, and adults, if you didn't read it in school, go go get the physical copy of 1984 from Barnes and Noble. Don't get, do not get the digital version, because one one thing that I say about hard copy books is they cannot censor hard copy books. They either have to incinerate, you know, set them set them on fire, or completely get rid of them. But if you get the digital version of books, then they can still be censored, very you know, because it's digital, and it has access to the internet. So just Keep that in mind. But read 1984. It talks about all of this. 
it talks about oh well you well we we changed the words you, you uh, th- those terms don't exist anymore yeah it's it's a new dictionary the thing is they have they had it in the book they have a dictionary and each year see our dictionaries usually expand in 1984 their dictionaries um they talked about how they would uh get shorter they become thinner oh that oh, oh, we we don't use that term anymore uh, for that term we use uh this and it's it's amazing just how much the citizens in this world are controlled. So, terms to use to avoid sexist language. Okay, instead of using mankind, say humankind. Instead of saying chairman, you say chair or chairperson. Instead of saying freshman, you say first year student. Instead of saying upperclassman, lowerclassman, you say lower division slash upper division undergraduate. Instead of saying secretary or clerk, you say administrator. Instead of saying ladies and gentlemen, they would like you to say colleagues, guests, all, yins, I don't know, I don't know what that is, friends, people, students, folks. This is what they do. This is what they do. They, they try to nudge you in the other direction. Uh, we, we don't like that language. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. In a similar sexist language guide written by the University of Pittsburgh Gender Sexuality uh, and Women's Studies program, the term stewardess is considered sexist language as well, as the guide recommends that students use flight attendant instead. Outrageous. And, and here, here's the key part. Listen to this. No one is ordering you to use this language. This is this is a this is a linguistics professor at the University of Pittsburgh and an author of the guide. Okay. No one quote no one is ordering you to use this language. However, listen to this, however, some people are asking you to be considerate of their wishes and sensibilities. In short, it's merely politeness. Politeness is about consideration for other people. You are free to not use this language. It is merely a suggestion for those who would like to know how people would like to handle such things. That's how they start. It's outrageous. Do you really think people, do you really think that there are girls out there just, just, you know, well, there's probably some crazy, there's probably some crazies out there, but do you really think that there's girls just laying on their backs, staring at the ceiling, you know, while they're in their bed, just like, um, just crying their eyes out because someone in class said, you guys, do you really think, do you really think Girls are offended because of the term freshman. Do you really think, do you really think uh, a flight attendant who's a woman is offended if someone says, uh, excuse me, stewardess? It's crazy what's happening with free speech. It's being censored. It's being hurt. It's being knocked down. Uh, we have, there was a, there was a guy named John Stuart Mill, lived in the 1800s, and he was a philosopher, and he was a proponent of, uh, free speech and, uh, ex- uh free expression, and, uh, he was anti-censorship, and he was, uh, he was against paternalism, he was, he would be stunned at, at the way things are today, 
but he has a book called On Liberty. And he pretty much makes, pretty much he, he has, I would, I would say three, um, three points for, for freedom of expression and pretty much being anti-censorship. And I, I don't remember the exact order of these, um, but I, I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, paraphrase here. Okay, so the first one was that uh, when you have free speech and, and you allow people to express themselves, um, you have pretty much free, I would call it free competition of ideas, um, uh, leads to the best way to find truth. Okay, the second one would be um, um, no single idea can express all truth. Because um, there are some ideas that ex that hold part truth. Um, but it says that pretty much you want free expression because even if a, even if a statement is true or whether it is false, um, uh, you need you you have both of those because they both uh, they both test truth and prevent stuff from slipping into dogma. Because what you have to do, you have to figure out, okay, what's true, what's not true. And then also the third one is, uh, because in his, in his opinion, no one knows the truth. And you need to have these ideas, uh, when you censor ideas, then you potentially censor truth. So that, that, that's the main point. When you have that freedom of expression, when you have the ability to say what you want, and we see this, we see this with the left a lot. We see it a lot. Ben Shapiro goes to speak at a university. What do they do? Oh, they pull, they, they'll, they'll sometimes pull the fire alarm. They'll bring in bullhorns and, 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 and make noise with those. They'll scream, they'll shout. That's what they will do. They try to shut down other ideas. Well, I don't hear his ideas. We're, we're not going to let you hear it. We'll, we'll let you listen to Ibram X. Kendi. But you, oh my God, you want Steven Crowder to come on our campus and do a change my mind? They'll try to take his posters down. With Michael Knowles, they try to shoot at him with a, with a water gun. Jordan Peterson, they scream in his ears. You saw that video where he pretty much got famous. He was he was on campus and he's just being harassed. Didn't do anything wrong. Didn't do anything wrong. He's just talking about how it's wrong to compel someone. For for uh, it's he said that it's wrong to pretty much compel speech, and he that's why he became famous. Go look go look up the video. It's unbelievable. But what, that's what they try to do. They try to say, oh, don't listen to that. No, you he can't speak here. No, don't read his books. No, no publish, publishers, don't touch that person. Twitter, they take down the post. YouTube, oh, that's misinformation. We, we don't like that video. We're going to take it down. That's what they try to do. They try to limit what you can say. They, they control speech. They control minds. That's what they try to do. It's absurd. It's completely and totally absurd what they do. 
And again, this isn't the only university that does this. Uh, Brandeis. Um, I, I, it's it's un it's just it's unreal. It's Brandeis University. Uh, this is uh, this is part of the uh, oppressive language list. Killing it, picnic, rule of thumb, prostitute, go off the reservation, you guys, freshman, crazy, lame, victim, survivor, tribe, powwow, spirit animal, mentally ill, addict, homeless person, disabled person, trigger warning, take a stab at, policeman, congressman, insane. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's an assault on the First Amendment. It's unbelievable. They tried to control speech. The left has really bad ideas. They have really bad policies. They have really bad opinions. And so they can't win the debates. They can't win the the battle of ideas they can't win the battle of let's actually take our ideas and put them into practice because when the ideas are put into practice the left the left's ideas fail miserably minimum wage socialism communism defunding the police they have really bad ideas so what do they do they preach their ideas and then they say anything that goes against my ideas is hate speech it's racist it's transphobic it's sexist it's mean-spirited. It's politically incorrect. Don't listen to them. Remove that Remove that post. You saw what they did to Representative Jim Banks. He, he, puts, he does a biological fact. He tweets a biological fact. He tweets, I'm going to repeat it, he tweets a fact, and he gets suspended from Twitter. They can't win the battle of logic. Because their stuff is illogical. They can't win the battle of ideas because their ideas suck. So what do they do? They say, okay, here's 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 what we're going to do. And if you go against this, you're a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad person. That's what they do. That's what they do. They can't, they don't, they don't have good ideas. That's why they'll always say, oh, well, this, well, that person, oh, well, 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 that's, well, you're racist if you don't want to defund the police. Defunding the police is a stupid, horrific, abysmal, dismal, hellacious idea. And it makes no sense. And so what do they say? Well, well, uh, okay, well, um, no, we, we do need police. Because their ideas are so bad. They have no choice but to but to demonize those who go against their ideas. If you if you if you don't want to defund the police, it's because you're racist. You you like having the slave catchers around, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You you enjoy you enjoy the the, the ar- this arm of white supremacy. Yeah, you hate blacks. You hate you hate brown people, don't you? That's why you don't want to defund the police. That's what they have to do. Oh, cap- capitalism is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. We need to go to socialism. Oh, socialism hasn't worked. Oh, you're, 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 you're a white supremacist. 
you're mean. You are, you are, you're a terrible person. You, 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 you oppress the poor. You see, you're just, you, you, you have all the money. You don't want anyone else to have any money. That's what they do. Their ideas stink. And so they try to control words and they, and they try to control how those words are used. Be careful. Again, people ask, you know, I've been asked, should I go to college? No, I, I would say no. I, when I have kids, I can't wait for that day where my wife tells me that she's pregnant and we welcome our children into the world. I can't wait for that day. But I'm, I'm with my kids, un- unless, unless the right starts building up universities, which is really, really hard to do school. To build a school is really, really difficult and almost impossible. But I'm going to tell my kids, no, I don't want, daddy doesn't want you to go to college. Nope. I'm not, he's not, he's not paying for it. I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for you to be brainwashed. I'm not going to do that. Now, if you want to do it, then you'll be responsible for all that. But I will not. But this is what they do. They try to control speech. They try to control minds. Don't say policeman. Don't say addict. Don't say mentally ill. Don't say freshman. That can be seen as offensive. Don't say stewardess. Don't say chairman. Cause that, that, you're, what you're really doing is, you're, you're, you're part of the patriarchy when you say chairman. You're, 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 you're adding an extra layer of glass to that glass ceiling. That's what you're doing when you say chairman. Pitiful. Um, another thing. A lot of this language stuff, it, it's made up by white liberals. It is. What do I, what do I mean? By, well, one example, Lat, Latinx. Latinx, Latinx, whatever. I've heard it both ways. No one uses it. Hispanics hate the term. From Pew Research Center, from PewResearch.org, about one in four U.S. Hispanics have heard of Latinx, but just 3%, not one, not two, but 3% use, 3% of Hispanics use the term Latinx. Young Hispanic women among the most likely to use the term. So most of them haven't heard it. And most of them who have heard it don't use it. It's ridiculous. They obviously didn't come up with the term. It's white liberals that came up with this. Well, saying Latino, well, that, that excludes... Dude... Shut up. Do you think, do you think, do you think saying Latina is, do you think that, do you think that hurts Hispanic men? Because if I say Latina, I'm probably talking about a, a Hispanic girl. If I say a Latino, I'm talking about a Hispanic dude. By the way, by the way, their preferred term, where is it? Uh, where is it? I think I have it right here. 
The preferred term is indeed Hispanic. Hispanic is the is the preferred term. It's unreal what we do here. Here it is, overall, from the Washington Post. Overall, quote, Hispanic, end quote, is preferred by a 61% majority of people of Latin American descent, followed by Latina, which is preferred by 29%. So there you have 90% Pew, uh, Pew found out. Left-leaning people seem to be more likely to have heard the term Latinx or Latinx, whatever. Awareness of the term is relatively low, and it speaks to the relative newness of Latinx as a pan-ethnic term for this population compared to Hispanic and Latino. It doesn't matter, though. Why do I say that? Because most people that have heard of the term Latinx or Latinx don't use it. They just make words up. They make words up. They want to control what terms you use. The last Spanish class I ever took, um, before I, before I got sick, he talked about this term. He said, he said, you know, you know, and he was, he was a white, he was a fluent white dude. He had, he had really some interesting stories because he had, he had traveled and he'd, he'd done a lot of stuff, but he was completely fluent. You saw this dude. It's like, oh, that dude is white as hell. And he wasn't like he, well, he looked it, but it's like, you could he could have a complete conversation in Spanish. It was unbelievable, um, and just just really cool guy. Not not to bring him down, because it's the curriculum that the left pushes onto these uh, uh, universities and colleges. He talked about the term Latinx, and there are people there. I and I kind of like looked around. I was at the front of the room, and I kind of like looked around. And there were, there were some Hispanics in my class and they were just, they rolled their eyes. And I asked, I asked a couple of them one day when he was coming late. I said, I said, let me ask you guys this question. We were, we were sitting in class. I said, um, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything, but, um, Hispanics in the, in the class, how do you guys feel about the term Latinx? And before I could even get out the word Latinx, a guy said, it's stupid. No one uses it. We don't use it. It's dumb. And then everyone just like laughed. And I just kind of like nodded. And I was like, well, that's, and I was like, that's kind of what I thought. And then, and then he just kind of, they, another one, an, another girl turned and she's like, yeah, we don't use that. She's like, we don't know where it came from. And the guy, and the guy who spoke up first, he was like, well, yeah, it's, it's a term that white liberals made up. They don't use it. They just, they just, they make stuff up. They make stuff up. And it, it's, that's just, golly, man. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. These terms that no one uses. Oh, it's, it, it's offensive. No, it isn't. These people aren't, lo- these people aren't losing sleep over these terms. Uh, they said the word Hispanic. I, oh, my, my chest, it hurts my heart. How could they use such an oppressive term? It's about control. It's about power. That's what it's about for the left. Latinx. 
I just what what a joke. What a joke. Stephen Crowder talked about this. He's he, I I he said that he has a housekeeper. And he said that he talked to her one day. He said, How do you feel about the term? And she had no idea what he was talking about. Unbelievable. And again, all links will be in the description. I'm not making this stuff up. <sighs> that was a great book title by uh, Michael Knowles, by the way. That's that's one of the books on my list I gotta get. Um I recently just got the book. Uh I got a few books. Um, The Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. Very good book. Um, one one thing I'm probably going to do uh, as an episode, I'm going to say this and I'm going to go on to my next topic. One day I'm probably going to go through my library and just tell you guys the titles of all the books that I have. Um, so you guys can know what is in my personal library. Um... Because, I mean, I, I read a lot, and I read a lot of different things. Human sexuality, psychology, um, how to debate, history stuff, uh, stuff related to Christianity. Okay, I, I have stuff all over the map. I really, really do. Um, so, one day I'll do that. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just... I may have an episode dedicated to it. Um, and just do that one day. Who knows? Okay, so, ladies, uh, another female matchmaker has quit. And what do you think her reasoning was? This is from April Mason. And again, all links will be in the description as usual. Not making this stuff up. After 10, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading here. After 10 plus years of helping women in this area, it's time to move on. I've had dozens of success stories from women who now married, engaged, or dating high caliber men. My track record speaks for itself. Um, now let me say this. Um, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, matchmakers, what they do is they don't take a lot of clients in a year. Because what some people say is, oh, well, that's, well, if you've, if you've had, you know, dozens over more than a decade, you're probably not very successful. It's because what these women do, what matchmakers typically do, is they'll take maybe three, three to six cases at a time to focus solely on those women. And say like, okay, well, what do you want? What are you looking for? Where do you live? You know? Things like that. So it's not, it's not like these women are dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and they, and they come up with like 60 success, success cases. That's not the way this works. A lot of these women, they, they zero in and they'll spend months with the, with the same clients and then they'll go into a new set of clients. So just, you know, just, just put some perspective. Okay. However, the majority that come to me have unrealistic expectations, the selfishness, fake everything, think they should be chosen because they have a vagina and good looks, the entitlement, just mean, not knowing the difference between being a woman and, and, and a quote, in a, excuse me, and a, in all caps, wise woman. 
and will fight you to be strong, not knowing how to be versus do, thinking being a feminine woman is weak or a pick-me, placing the blame and not taking responsibility or accountability for the choices they made in men. Being disagreeable, defensive, argumentative about everything, always finding something to nitpick about, looking for perfection. If you mention anything about doing something kind for the man, they chose, it's the, quote, what is he going to do for me? And the list goes on and on. Now, this doesn't excuse men's behavior. A lot of men think because they are high earning, it makes them a high value man. Not. I have just made my contribution and impact in this area for decades to come. I have over 50 courses that women who may need help in this area can rent or buy. New course will be added this week. A wise woman knows how to exit on a high note. Now, with what she talks about men's behavior, I agree. There are some things that men can do. There are some things that men get wrong in terms of dating. And they do think, oh, oh well, I make a lot of money, so I'm high value. Not necessarily. You can be high value, you, or excuse me, you can be high earning, and you're not well-rounded at all. You have no social skills. You have no friends. You have no hobbies. So I agree with I agree with her statement. But ladies, do you hear what do you hear what she's saying? A lot of a lot of girls will, will talk about the men going their own way movement like, oh it's, it's a bunch of incels. They just can't get laid. They they don't know how to talk to women. They're just they're they're sexually frustrated. Now that may be true for some for some guys. But what do you say to this woman? What do, you, what do you say to her who did this for a living? What do you say to her? Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, again, Rebecca Lynn Pope, the same thing. What does she say? Oh, they're too picky. I can't do my job because they're too picky. It's unreal. And by the way, by the way, April mentioned, she's like, it's easier to, it's easier to work with men. It's easier to work with guys because they listen and they're expected. Guys are simple. That's why it's so frustrating when we hear about the, the, the unattainable beauty standard. Um, men are just so complicated. Men are just so hard. Men are very, very simple. We're very easy to please. It, we really, really are. That's why you can have a guy who's a bachelor. He has a TV that's on the ground. He's got his he's got his PS5 or his Xbox and he has a lawn chair and he's eating chips and there's no other furniture in the house and he's fine. Or in in the in the apartment and he's fine. It's very easy for a man to be satisfied. Our standards are not that high compared to women. And ladies, uh, here is another woman. Coming out and saying, ladies, I can't, you make it impossible for me to do my job. I want this, I want that, 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 I want this, I want that. Oh yeah, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. She can't work. You deem 80% of men unattractive. You deem 80% of men as less than average looking, which pretty much means you won't touch those dudes. 
on a scale of 1 to 10, you deem them, you deem 80% of men to be between a 1 and a 4. And you won't, so you won't touch those dudes. So that leaves you 20%. What, 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 what else? What do you need to hear, ladies? The dating market is having a lot of issues. People are giving up. A lot of people are asking, and it's something that I'm working on right now in terms of writing. Why, why, why are men not getting married? Why are men giving up on dating? Why are men doing this? Because of, really because of females. It's because of, it's because of women. They deem good guys solid salary. Okay. Um, job that's in high demand. Okay. Loyal, caring, smart, funny, good, good dudes. Uh, he's, he's good. Yeah, but he, he has a Nissan. Oh, he, he has a, a, a Kia. Oh, he, um, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't get my he doesn't get my motor going. He just doesn't get my motor revved up. He's just not that exciting to be around. He goes the speed limit. You have good dudes, many many good dudes, that are just that are, they're left out to dry. They're like, well, what am I doing wrong? And I, you guys know I hate you guys know that I'm all about personal responsibility. And I will say this: there are things that men can do to make themselves better. Guys, what's in your control? What can you work on? What can you fix? What can you focus on to improve your lot? But ladies, the 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 dating market and the mar- the the marriage market, it's not there. You you you've killed dating. You've killed dating, you've killed marriage. Cuz you look at the divorce rates, then it's like, okay, well, okay, well, what about alimony? It's like, well, it's an, it's usually in favor of the women. I know a lot of guys who talk to me. They say, they're like, Sam, you, you want to get married? I said, yeah. And they said, you know the divorce. And they they know that I'm a numbers guy, and so they kind of tease me about it. But like, you know, I, you know the divorce rate, right? And I'm like, yeah. You know about alimony, right? Yeah. You know about the cheating rates? Yeah. What can I say? I understand why, I understand the importance of marriage. I understand the importance of a man and a wife starting a family together and building a nuclear family. It's important. But the numbers are the numbers. Ladies, you, 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 you are hurting yourselves. This woman quit because she said, I can't help these women. They're asking for too much. They are completely out of touch with reality. Ladies, a lot of you are just out of touch when it comes to dating. You just are. It's not, it is mathematically impossible. It is mathematically impossible. I'm going to say it one more time. It is mathematically impossible for 80% of a group to be below average. It does, that's not how math works. It's not how it works.
She says they're selfish. They're fake. There's entitlement. They're mean. They look for perfection. They find something to nitpick about. Ladies, read the signs. Take the hints. You can, you can, you can make fun, you can make fun of the incels all you want. But when you have women coming out and saying what guys are saying, you have matchmakers who this is what they do for a living, having to quit doing that because of your pickiness? What do you think that that means? What do you think that that means? She says the majority that have come to me have unrealistic expectations, the selfishness, fake everything, think they should be chosen because they have a vagina and good looks, the entitlement, just mean, not knowing the difference between being a woman and a wise woman, and you will fight and will fight you to be strong, not knowing how to be versus do, thinking being a feminine woman is weak or pick me. Ladies, you've killed the dating game. How 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 many more women would have to come out with stories like this? How many how many older women do you have to see that that hit the wall? How many stories do you have to read about that? How many do you have to talk to before you realize, you know what? I should probably change my dating strategy. I just talked about this. That was recently one of my ep- that was recently one of my episodes, ladies. Change your dating strategy. Most men find most women attractive. It's not the dudes. It isn't the dudes who've killed dating. Ladies, it's you. The majority... the, 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 The majority... Of these issues lie at your feet, ladies... I'm not saying it's 100% on you, but it is, it is certainly not 50-50. It just isn't. It's not. You take these good, you take these guys who are, they're good, they're decent, they're caring, they're loyal, they're fun, they're funny. They don't have the Maseratis, they don't have the mansions. They don't, they don't have, you know, they don't have the, 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 the castle on the hill. They don't have the waterfront view, but he's smart. He's caring. He's loyal. He has a great job that's in high demand. Ladies, you, you, you price yourselves out of the dating market. Going back to the 80% thing and then I'm, and then I'll be done. Ladies, if you deem 80% of men as being unattractive, that means you deem 20% of men to be approachable. And it's like dateable. And you're hoping that they deem you attractive. So you have a bunch, so take a hundred, a hundred women and a hundred men. Okay. The women in society are choosers. And they also, and, and mostly because they bear their children, which makes a lot of sense. Okay. You have these hundred women and you have a hundred men. 
these women deem 80 of the men, they kick the men out the room. Go away. We don't want you. You're ugly. You're too short. You're not, you're not cool enough. You're not, you're just, you don't have the status that I would like you to have. So now there are only a hundred, there are a hundred women and now only 20 men. And so what do these men do? Well, well, I want, I want to commit to me. Why would these men commit? Why would these men commit to any of you when they can just sleep with, they can, they can sleep with all of you? Each guy can have five women. There's another piece of data that talks about how, uh, the top 78% of women compete for the top 20% of men, while the bottom 22% of women are chased by the bottom 80% of men. So even if you, if you want to go by those numbers, these men have these 20, these, these 20 men have the ability to, to sleep with one, to four or five women. Why would they commit? Well, well, I can change him. I can make him different. He, he'll, he'll pick me. Read the room, ladies. There's not enough dudes. There's a hundred of you. There's 20 of them. How special do you really think you are? Ladies, you've killed dating. Again, this, that, this is, that's a female matchmaker. A female matchmaker. I don't know what else to say. <laughs>